0: Greet your neighbor, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Give your neighbor a handshake, say Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Give your other neighbor a handshake, say Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Give the neighbor behind you a handshake, say "Emmanuel." Emmanuel. Give the neighbor in front of you a handshake, say Emmanuel. And greet the viewers all over the world on Emmanuel TV, Emmanuel! God is with us. You may have your seats right now in the presence of God. Good morning church. How is your faith? We believe your faith is getting stronger and stronger. Now, I have a very simple question that I want to ask you today. Very simple, and I'm sure you'll be able to provide a quick answer. If you're driving a car and your car gets damaged, all right? right, Maybe the the engine fails or or there's a problem, it gets damaged, what are you going to do? And anyone just have the answer to me. If your car gets damaged, what are you going to do? Okay, our brother here can answer the question. I go to the mechanic. Okay, is that the right answer? You are not sure? It's the right answer. (laughs) He said you'll go to the mechanic. That's correct. Why? Because the, the car needs to be repaired. You need to go to someone that is smarter and wiser than you in the area of cars to be able to repair it. Okay, now, if your mobile phone... I know everyone has a handset here. If your mobile phone, if you damage it, maybe you drop it. I don't know if anyone has dropped their phone before and it just, the screen just cracks. Very painful. <laughs> the screen just cracks. What are you going to do? You take it to the repair shop because you realize that you need someone with that knowledge to be able to repair your phone. Okay, now, just imagine, God forbid, something happens, you have an accident and you break a bone. Your bone is broken. What do you need to do? You go to the hospital. To what? So that they can fix the, ba- the broken bone. To repair the damage. Now, let me ask you this question. If your heart is damaged, where do you go? I- I'm not hearing you very well. Remember, I'm not talking about the, the heart that the dictionary defines, that pumps the blood through your body. I'm referring to the spiritual man, the inner man, the man himself. If your heart is damaged, you must go to the owner of your heart to repair it. Who is the owner of your heart? Who is the owner of your heart? I want to tell you today that if you are ready to be repaired, Jesus is ready to repair you. i repeat it once again. If you are ready, if you are willing to be repaired, Jesus is willing to repair you today. That's why we are here. Salvation is not in us. We cannot save ourselves. We destroy ourselves. We need someone who is stronger, wiser, smarter, bigger, greater, cleverer, more than us. Jesus. That's why we're here today. I, I believe that's why you're here. Now, let me ask you this question. If you are here today for repair, why would anyone intentionally inflict damage on themselves? Let let me repeat the question again. If you're here today to be repaired, to be restored, because Jesus Christ is the repairer and the restorer, if you're here today to be repaired, why would anyone intentionally inflict damage on themselves? This will bring us to the title of today's message Damage control. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 10, from verse 10. This is a very well known scripture. Let me quickly read it for you. John, chapter 10, verse 10. And it reads thus The thief comes only to steal. And to kill and to destroy. But I have come, that is Jesus Christ, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. People of God, never confuse these two. Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus Christ comes to give life. And life in abundance in other words Satan comes to damage Jesus comes to restore now you have an opportunity as you're here in the presence of God today to reflect on your life and to check yourself because nobody knows you better than you know yourself if your heart is damaged you can know why because something destroying your peace something is killing your joy something is interfering interrupting your calmness you can know if something is affecting your hearts damaging your hearts and how does one's heart get damaged how does, does Satan access our hearts to inflict damage? What is the easiest route, the most common method that he uses to penetrate our hearts? Well, the the answer is always in the word of God. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm gonna read from verse 26. And pick a few verses here. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Verse 27. And do not give the devil a foothold. Now, quickly skip down to verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Now, quickly turn to Galatians, the book just before it, Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to read another scripture that answers this question. Galatians chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 14 to 15. For it says thus, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 15, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Now, we may not have time to read more scriptures, but I also want you to read the book of Luke, chapter 6, verses 29, and Matthew 5, verses 25. In that Luke 6, 29, that's where Jesus said, if, if you are slapped on one cheek, turn the other cheek. Matthew 5, 25, that's where Jesus, speaking on the, in the Sermon on the Mount, He said that if you have a quarrel with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Now, the summary of all these scriptures is very simple. Do not hold on to offense because nursing a grudge damages your heart. Turn to your neighbor and say, "Neighbor, neighbor. Say, neighbor. neighbor, whether you are right or wrong, don't hold on to offense. Because nursing a grudge damages your heart. Nursing bitterness, resentments, revenge, pain of the past, bad feelings towards others damages your heart. When you become offended, You are Satan's captive. Your heart becomes the devil's workshop where he can begin to manufacture other fruits of darkness. When you're offended, you can easily slip into anger, easily slip into malice, easily find yourself getting jealous, easily find yourself talking negatively about others because your heart at that moment is the devil's workshop. How long you harbour offence is how long your heart is for Satan. People of God, let me give you a very simple illustration. Harboring offense is a self-inflicted wound. You're here today for Jesus to repair you. But if you're harboring offense, you are doing greater damage to yourself. It's like like you're hitting yourself. Let, Let me do that again so you can see it very well. Just any time you hold a fence, just imagine it like this. When you hold a fence, this is what you are doing. How can she treat me like this after all I've done to her? You're you're damaging yourself. We've been together for so many years and she disappointed me. How can this happen? You're hitting yourself. You're damaging yourself. You're inflicting pain on yourself. But you say, but but, but brother Chris, you don't know what this lady has done to me. She caused me so much pain. She really pained me. I agree. Some situations are painful. But when you harbor a grudge, you are adding pain to the pain. You say, but brother, you don't know the hurts in my heart. This person hurts me so deeply. I can never forgive them. I'm not acknowledging that it didn't hurt. Yes, it may have hurt. But when you harbor offense, you are adding hurt to the hurt. How then will you get repaired? How then can Jesus repair you and restore you when you have put yourself in a cage? Self-imprisonments. Let, 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 me, let me just do a very quick example to you, illustrate this. Can I have five gentlemen... Anywhere you are, just if, if God puts it in your hearts, just five gentlemen, okay? Number one, come out. Number two, number three, over from this side, number four, number five. Okay, thank you very much. This is a very simple example to illustrate the danger of offense. Now, our brother here, just turn this way, sir. Our brother here represents me and you. All of us who are here today, coming to church. With our issues, our challenges, we need Jesus to repair us, the damage that has been done in different areas of our lives. Now, our brother here, very simple, you are going to represent offense. Just turn and stand like this. Okay, our brother here, just come and stand like this, the other way around. You are going to represent resentments, okay? Our brother here, come. You are representing a grudge, just face the other way. And lastly, my, my father here. You are representing bitterness. Okay, now, the four of you, I want you to lock arms. Lock arms. The four of you. Just lock arms. Put your still facing this way around. Just hold your arms together. The four of you. The four of you, exactly. Hold, sorry, sir. Great. Now, whatever happens, don't let this guy go. Okay, this is your assignment. <laughs> This is your assignment right now. Whatever happens, don't let this man go. No matter how many prayers he prays, no matter how many songs he sings, no matter how much offering he drops, don't let him go because this is self-imprisonment. Now, I want to give you an example. Our brother here represents me and you. So many of us are here in the church today asking God to release us. But we have not released ourselves. We're asking for the Restorer to restore us. We're asking for the Repairer to repair us. We're asking for the Reviver to revive us. But we are in prison. We are holding someone hostage of unforgiveness. Remember, the person most hurts by unforgiveness is you. When you cannot forgive, you hurt yourself more than anyone. You destroy yourself and your future. When you cannot forgive any step you take, you take in darkness. And our brother here is in the church. God, have mercy on me. God, touch my business. God, I'm looking for promotion. But there's a wall around him. A fence around him. And let me tell you something, brethren. So many of us here today are looking for promotion. I want to tell you, promotion is looking for you. Don't say amen too quickly. Promotion is looking for you. No, I said don't say amen too quickly. Promotion is looking for you, but it cannot reach you because you are in prison. It's available. It's on the table. Deliverance is looking for you. Breakthrough is looking for you, but it cannot access you because you are in prison. You say you are here looking for breakthrough. No, breakthrough is looking for you, but the avenue that breakthrough will come has been blocked. There's a barrier, there's a cage, there's a wall, there's a fence that's not allowing the promotion to reach through, that's not allowing the breakthrough to come through, that's not allowing the healing to reach through. No amount of physical strength can break this barrier. Offense, resentment, bitterness, pain of the past. No amount of mental strength, no amount of, of, of connections, no amount of money can break this barrier. Only one thing can break this barrier. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Forgiveness will break down that barrier. Now I'm going to try this again. This time, sir, when you say forgiveness, our four gentlemen here, you're going to clear the way and let our brother free. What can set you free in this circumstance? Forgiveness. Now, he can come. Come and take your promotion come and take your freedom. Come and take your, no, no, no too many. <laughs> wow. Okay. Two is okay. You, you can come and take them because there's nothing blocking you. There's nothing hindering you. People of God, you will receive in a moment what you have been seeking for years. The moment you let go of offense. Just let go and let God bless you. Now, my brothers, before you go, just just quickly come back here. Help me stand in a row, just stand in a row. You will still get your own promotion, don't worry. <laughs> now, I just want to, us to talk to ourselves because we all know what's happening in our society. And we all know what's happening in our lives. Like I said at the beginning, you know yourself. Nobody knows you better than you know yourself. You know what is damaging your heart. Interfering with your joy, your peace, your calmness. My brother, what's your name? Victor. I want to ask you a very simple question. Are you a perfect person? No. Thank you. Sir, are you a perfect person? No. Sir, are you a perfect person? No, sir. Are you a perfect person? No, sir. Are you a perfect person? Not at all. We are living in a world... Where there is no such thing as a perfect relationship. Why then do you see an imperfect person moving with an imperfect person and you expect perfect results? It's not in this world. Well, why am I saying this? Because it's common today, it's common among us. When when someone offends us, you see the way people react. People are shocked. People are surprised. People are bewildered as if they are the only one in this world that has been wronged. As if no one else in this world has been wronged. As if they themselves have never wronged anyone. They say, how can this happen to me? After all I've done. Don't you know what I'm doing in the church? Don't you know the good works I've been doing? They repay me with evil. What is the meaning of this? As if you're the only one in this world that has been wronged. People of God. Everyone has been wronged, and everyone gets it wrong. That is the reason why forgiveness is so important. Because there's no such thing as a perfect relationship. What is happening today? Today, when when you insult me, I take offense. How can he insult me? But me, I insult others. When you embarrass me, how can you embarrass me? What is the meaning of this? You take offense, but you, you embarrass others. This person, you lie against me. How can you lie against me? But you, if you check yourself, you've lied against others. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I have no ground to hold offense against you. You have no ground to hold offence against me. Settle your differences quickly. Damage control. People of God, thank you very much for being used for this example. Come and take your promotion before you go. Those that have not taken, come and take your promotion. Now that the barrier has been removed, thank you very much. I hope you're understanding, people of God, what I'm talking about. We're here in the church asking for the help of God. But oftentimes, we are the ones inflicting damage on ourselves. This is the reason why in that book of Hebrews, let, let me quickly turn, turn there for you. The book of Hebrews Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. It very simply says this, pursue peace with all people. You can also read Romans 12, verse 18, which says, as far as it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Because nursing a grudge Harboring offense simply damages your own hearts. You are inflicting pain upon yourself. Now, the example I just gave there was a regular relationship in in, in terms of our workplace, our family, our, our business, these relationships that we have, there's no such thing as a perfect person. There's another point I want to illustrate as well. As a Christian, you must understand that we are in this world, but we are not part of them. And anything close to Jesus, anything close to what is right, will definitely receive attack. Many people have been serving the Lord fervently, and they have been misjudged or mistreated by wicked men or religious people. And it's easy in that situation to begin to ask, why me of all this persecution? Why me? I'm doing the right thing. Why should I get the wrong results? Why should people insult me for no cause? Why should people embarrass me unjustly? Why should I face this kind of vilification in my workplace? Why? It's easy to have that response. Why me? But if you don't want persecution... You don't want progress. If you don't want hatred, then you don't want success. Because progress in life makes you a mark for Satan to shoot at. And the blessings of God attract persecution. They attract hatred. They attract intimidation. I'm not saying this to to make you worried or afraid or, 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 or concerned. No, God is there to see us through. But we have to understand that when we are mistreated, when we are misjudged, if we hold offense, we have simply fulfilled the purpose of our enemy to get us out of the will of God. Our enemy doesn't want us to be close to God. Our enemy wants to damage our relationship with God. Our enemy wants to damage our hearts. And when you hold offense, when you become offended, when people misjudge you or mistreat you or treat you harshly or wrongly, you have simply fulfilled his purpose to take you out of the will of God. Whereas any true Christian knows that persecution is a tonic to our anointing. The persecution we suffer in the hands of our detractors causes us to be known all over the world. Look, let me give you a, a very simple example. Everyone here is a testimony to this. You look at the life of Prophet TB Joshua. We all know the persecution that has been leveled against him from the very beginning of his ministry. Let me take, for example, his recent visits to Nazareth. I'm sure we watched the glorious events on Emmanuel TV. Some of us have even been privileged to have gone there physically. We saw the wonderful event in Nazareth, the hometown of Jesus Christ. If If you monitored events, you would have seen that before the Nazareth meeting, there was a lot of noise everywhere. I know, I was one of the people that was physically there before Prophet TB Joshua arrived. A lot of noise. People spread misinformation. Religious people started to misjudge our motives. They thought we are coming there to to try and force people to convert. They thought we are coming there with a political message. They thought we are coming there with the aim to make money. There were protests. People said they were going to boycott the events. People said that nobody will attend the events. There was a lot of noise. I remember I called Prophet TB Joshua on the phone when I was there and I said, sir, I don't know if this event is still going to hold. The noise is too much. There's a lot of persecution, a lot of attack. I'm not even sure people are going to turn up. Do you know what he said? He said this. The crusade has already happened. The crusade has already happened. Nothing can stop it. It is written. Do you know today... Do you you know the persecution, the attack that they thought would stop the events ended up promoting the events? (laughs) Their persecution became our publicity free publicity, free adverts. The whole nation knew that someone by the name of TB Joshua entered the country. Not just the nation, the whole world. Do you know that international media, Reuters, the New York Times came to cover this event because of the noise. Our detractors made us the star attraction. And the noise of our enemies have now become the voice of our testimonies. Do you know the same people that opposed this event, that protested against this event, that went on the street with placard and said, TB Joshua is not welcome to Nazareth, are the same people saying, when is he coming back? Because of the spiritual, the economic benefit that was derived from the community. And when he comes back, well, that one is left to God. All I am here to tell you, as a Christian, as a Christian, I repeat, as a Christian, Your detractors are simply making you an attraction. The noise of your enemies will become the voice of your triumph. The noise of your enemies will become the voice of your success. The noise of your enemies will become the voice of your progress. Where then is there room for offense? How can they treat me like this? How can they say this about me? How can they, I'm coming to invest in this community. Why can they treat me like this? Do you know what you're doing? You are simply inflicting damage on yourself. (laughs) In conclusion, every step a Christian takes, God is aware. We, we, we We don't defend ourselves. We have a defender. God is our defender. If you know that God is your strength, you will not fight a human battle. You will leave the issue for him. If, if they, they lie against you today, don't leave it for God. Don't harbor offense. Don't inflict damage on yourself. They, they, they persecute you today. Leave it for God. They falsely accuse you today. Leave the issue for God. Imagine Jesus Christ on the cross. He was crucified for our offense, yet he held no offense against us. Instead, he so loudly declared, Father, forgive them. Them includes you and I. Them includes both offender and offended. Both attacker and attacked both victim and perpetrator. Father, forgive them. There's nothing too small or too big we should overlook for the sake of Jesus. Just imagine, Jesus went on the cross to bore the pain for us. Why would anyone here now inflict more pain on themselves by nursing a grudge? May God bless his word in the midst of our hearts in Jesus' name. Crucified, laid behind the throne, you live to die, rejected.